Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Men of Valor. This is season two. That means we've got one full year under the belt, and we are now full-fledged into season two. And uh, we've already had a couple episodes. Today's going to be episode number three in our current series here in the month of October. We're so excited you guys have joined us. And man, it's uh, it's just been a roller coaster of a ride and more uh, more fun than we can possibly express to you guys uh, how much uh, joy we just get as executives and being able to put this podcast together. It's always a highlight to talk to one another, to bring in other voices, have conversations. And so uh, we're just excited to see how this thing is growing, to see what God's doing with it. And uh, prayerfully, we'll continue to have some great conversations. I think today's going to be one of those. Uh, partly because I'm with one of my closest friends on the planet, Mr. Eric Stewart. Welcome, buddy. Hey, man. Good to see you. Hey, man. It's always good to see you on the screen. Always better when it's in person, but uh, it's always good to see you. Yeah. Uh, seems like it's been a while since me and you've been on here together. I don't. Maybe it hasn't. It just seems like it. So, well, but, I didn't want to be like I'm playing favorites since I put the schedule together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. So, uh, yeah. And you keep you keep assigning me some of these topics, man. I mean, he's gonna have to have a conversation. Uh, hey. uh, about that. You're not showing favorites there either. Well, I'm in it too, man. I'm <laughs> in it too. So I'm not, you know, don't, don't tell someone to go somewhere. You're not willing to walk first. Hey, right. So yeah, man, no, I, I get it. But Hey, I, I'm glad that we're a ministry that's willing to talk through some topics that some people skirt around. Uh, yeah. and of course we're, we're going to talk to them biblically. So, but how you feeling, man? How, how you been, uh, how yeah. are you? How's the family? How's everybody good, doing? Good. Everything's going great, man. We've uh, we just celebrated one of our little guys, little Jeremiah, had his uh, five-year-old birthday last few days, so yeah. we celebrated that, and that's uh, it's always exciting to have those milestones, and we're in the process of finalizing adoption of another one of our little guys we've had since he was born, little Patrick. Those of you yeah. that might know him, he is just a joy and uh, full of special needs, but full of love, and so we're we're just steamrolling right towards that target date. And uh, yeah, life's happening, man. Just trying to be, you know, good parents and uh, faithful in ministry, whatever those opportunities look like. God's up to something. Not sure fully what it is, but yeah, uh, yeah just walking. How about you? How's Mandy, the kids? How's life? Man, everybody's well. We had a little bit of the strep throat visit with us last week. So uh, we've been, been battling through that, plus a little bit of fall break. So uh, kids, kids are out of school. This week, uh, well, the, our littlest was out last week because she's in a different school system in pre-K, uh, yeah. and then the older kids are out this week. So just a little bit of juggling schedules. Hopefully, Lord willing, Thursday when this podcast drops, Lord willing, about this time when me and Travis are recording, that me and Miss Mandy will be having a, a date morning. Uh, since uh, the past two weeks, we've had kids and been out of schedule. So we, me and her talked about it this morning before I went to drop uh, Lydia off at school. Uh, was like Thursday, Thursday, everybody's back in school yeah. on regular. All the fall breaks are over. So our plan is to go have a, a little morning together, just me and her Thursday morning. So if That's everything awesome. works out, but, Good. but other than that, man, everything's going great. Just ministry here at the church. Just we're rolling right along. Got a, our big community event this Saturday. And then uh, of course, a few weeks from now we got our marriage conference. So just uh, a lot, a lot of moving parts, but it's good moving parts because just yeah. uh, trying to follow the Lord and love people 
and uh, just decided, like you said, man, God's always up to something. That's what I love about him, right? He don't slumber. He he's not he's not sitting back going, I think I'll take a couple of days off. Not he's constantly working in our lives. And uh, yeah. man, if we'll just be willing to get in the Word, just seek Him with all of our heart, He tells us we'll find Him. And uh, just following Him is always an adventure, man. It's never boring. So it is definitely. It is. I love what you said about you and. Uh... Mandy too. And just that intentionality. It's always funny people that don't have kids or don't have a more than a couple, you know, they, they give you a hard time. Oh, you're on a date. I'm huh? going to church by yourself or getting coffee and getting groceries, big date, you know, kind of, it's like, you'll it learn someday you get kids, you'll learn a date can be walking to the mailbox. Like you dang straight. <laughs> hey, a date's on the, me and Mandy's had many dates out on the front porch, man. There when you, you uh, we, we always said, you know, these, I know, uh, shout out to Mr. Gus Galloway had the, him and Miss Courtney had their first baby Saturday, so right. uh, they, yeah. they welcomed little Sutton into the world. And uh, I was laughing with Mandy because, hey, they're new at it. And uh, But, you know, this is their first one. I remember our first one. And it's uh, – but then, then you look back after you've had, you know, a few, and then you're like, one's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It didn't seem like it Come in on. the moment, but – yeah. Yeah, you 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 go from one to two. That's a big change, and then anything right. after that, that's just uh, yeah, they're all there. So as long as you're doing a head count, they're they're all counted for. You're good to that's go. It. But that's uh, it. but no, nah, man, it's uh, like you said, and I think that's something. Just tying back into last week's episode, you know, uh, that I got to sit down with Scott Smith, man. Just what what a wonderful. I hope you guys went and listened to that. Uh, I mean, it was it was great mm-hmm. for me hearing him walk through. Scott's just got a lot of wisdom in that area. Yeah. And, uh, man, just remembering that, that romance to, to be just trying to rekindle it. And like I said, if, if it's nothing else, like Travis said, walking out the mailbox or just, man, many times, me and Mandy, we've sit out, got us a cup of coffee, went sit out on the front porch and just, uh, man, have 15 yeah. minutes together out there. And just, yeah. uh, it, those are needed times, needed times. So, yeah. Jeremiah said to me last night, uh, as only a little five-year-old can do, he said, from now on, mom and dad, if y'all are gonna kiss or do something like that, go up to your bedroom and lock the door. <laughs> he said, "Get a room." <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. And this is what I love about it. I want my kids, you know, when they get older, if nothing else, to know, you know what, man, Definitely. daddy loved mama. Daddy could yeah. keep his lips off of mama. Daddy, yeah. <laughs> they always wanted to be alone. They always wanted to be together. What a great testimony, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I yeah, totally man, agree. If you guys didn't catch, I heard a lot of feedback on last week's. Just people. Uh, commenting and saying hey i'm gonna listen to it again take notes good stuff and here's here's the thing on these topics you know this month we're in relationships and we're getting ready to dive into a a thick topic today but you know we say it all the time we're not experts we're not here to give you everything you need to know but there's so much beauty and wisdom in having a conversation about stuff because you might hear one thing that you can begin to apply to your life, something maybe God uh, causes you to rethink, revisit, uh, re-examine because you've just always assumed about a a topic or a principle or an idea or something. And uh, that's the beauty of this for me in having these conversations. The times I get to host, it's like every time I walk away with something of, I need to to look at that in my life. I need to re-examine it. I need to get better at that. I need to uh, explore that, whatever it might be. So definitely, if you didn't catch last week's episode, go back, do yourself a favor, especially before this week. So you, you don't want to listen to this week before catching <laughs> rekindling romance. It's really important. But uh, that being said, we're going to give you a bunch of announcements on the back end. We're just going to get right into our topic. 
So uh, again, thank you guys for being here and let's get after it. This is the Men of Valor podcast. We exist to help men grow as disciples of Jesus. Welcome to season two. We're glad you're here. Let me tell you, I once was a sinner, but I am no longer a sinner. I am a saint. I am a son of the living God most high. Go home, embrace your wife with no expectations, and tell her that you love her. And ask her, how can I lead you? Tell me what you need. Be transparent, be open, be honest. But if we arm ourselves and we never use what we have, that's useless. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Here are your hosts, Travis Watson, Eric Stewart, Jordan Loggins, and Randall Ballou. Let's get after it. All right, guys. And uh, again, just thank you so much for being here. As we mentioned, this is season two, episode number three in our series on relationships here in October 2023. Um, my good friend, Eric Stewart, uh, fellow minister, executive here with Men of Valor. We're just going to dive into a heavy topic and uh, we're continuing in this idea on relationships by talking about something uh, I don't think the church or Christian ministry really does a very good job of talking a lot about. Uh, it's my opinion, but uh, we're going to be talking to you about the, the concept or the uh, act of divorce, divorce, because that is a factor in relationships Yeah, um, coming to you as a man that has been divorced in his life. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking from a unique perspective, I guess, on it. Uh, Eric has not been in that situation, but he's speaking on it from the perspective of pastoring many people. And here's the thing we know in this ministry, there are a lot of people that are either children uh, of divorced parents, have gone through divorce, have contemplated divorce. Uh, we got some guys even that I know, praise God, one this past week, we've been celebrating Mr. Ben down in Arkansas who divorced, separated, divorced, and has remarried and God has restored their marriage and just some amazing things there. So uh, right away, I mean, we already know it's going to be a heavy topic, but this is what I yeah. love here. Uh, I know you and I can talk about it because we're investing in each other's hearts. Whether we even agree on everything or there's pushback or not, it's good. It yeah. really is good. And, and there's not going to be any animosity. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be any, well, I disagree with you on that or whatever to where we're upset. That's the beauty of conversation. And really what I hope happens through these podcasts is people keep having conversations. Uh, that's what brotherhood, that's what being uh, part of the family of God's about is going back to scripture, learning and growing from one another. So that being said, I wanted to do something a little different. I'm going to throw you a little curve, Eric. I've got right. a handful of, of statements I wrote down on this idea of divorce, and, and we'll get into it a little bit more here. So I want to read these, and I just want you to comment what comes to your mind. Okay. And I kind of know where you're going to land on, on most of this anyway. Uh, or I'm, I'm almost confident. You, you can think throw me you a curveball. You can throw me a curveball. I'll throw you a knuckleball. <laughs> so let me say this right up front. First comment, and then you jump in. Uh, your heart is wrong if you're actively seeking to meet some criteria or you're looking for the outs for when divorce is allowable. Your heart's in the wrong place, even in this podcast, if you're actively seeking, what's the criteria that allows me to get a divorce? What are your thoughts? That, that is truth. If you are looking 
and seeking for a way out, then you're going against God's standard in your marriage. Um, I, I think, you know, we see it all through the word of God, especially, I mean, this is a men's podcast. So we're talking to men. I mean, you know, he tells us that we should love our bride as Christ loved the church. And if I'm looking for a way out, well, I'm certainly not loving my bride. Well, if I'm looking for, Hey, yeah. can, can I, can I use this for me to have an out? So I, I would definitely say that is a, uh, a truth that we could back up biblically that if you are looking, if you're seeking a way out, this is, this is just my heart on, on, on divorce, Travis. And I, I think you'd, you would stand with me on this. Uh, and you can of course say you wouldn't, but man, I, I, I've, I've told every couple I've ever counseled, any man that's ever talked to me about divorce, whether it's it's coming from him or it's coming from his bride, if she's the one that's seeking the divorce or if they're even having that conversation, my heart has always been you fight for your marriage. You, yep. you fight for it. You do everything possible to make it work. And we should be seeking ways to make it work, not seeking ways to get out. That's um, good. And I think that's just, I think, I mean, we'll dig into it a little bit deeper with scripture, but I believe that's God's heart that we, because what's he tell us about marriage? He made us one, right? When we go into that covenant of marriage, he said, we become one. Yeah. It is them one. It's no longer two separate in God's eyes, but it becomes one. Uh, so I believe we should fight for that oneness. Yeah. Because we know anything that's trying to divide or any way that we're looking for a way out, that's just my opinion, that's a play. That's a play from the enemy right. that he's trying to get in our mind to find a way out. That's good. That's good. So, so far we agree on one. One for uh, one. Because <laughs> um, nobody grows up and says, man, I want to grow up, get married and get divorced. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's just. Well, there, there's nobody, if they are, they got big issues. If they're on their wedding right. day. <laughs> going ahead thinking about i wonder how i get a way out of this you know um uh, if it don't work out that yeah then yeah but we can get in a whole different topic about all that we but, could okay all right <laughs> number two let's keep going don't get in weeds too much yeah we got some weeds coming uh you do not have to divorce even if you have justifiable biblical means or reasons to do so you don't True. have to get a divorce even if you have grounds to do so truth you don't have to uh man i know some i know some couples right now that one one half of the party has legitimate biblical right to be divorced they is there's been adultery in the relationship and they have every biblical right that they could they could pursue that if wanted but they are pursuing each other and uh, pursuing forgiveness and pursuing to, to try to let God come in and heal those wounds. So no, it, even because there is biblical right for divorce, and we can get into that a little bit later on what, what those, what those are in the Bible, Yeah. but no, you don't have to. Um, and like I said, my opinion's always been in those cases where they have the right. Yes, you have, you can stand on the Bible and be in the right to, yeah. to go that route. But once again, I thank God's heart is to reconcile. God's heart Good. is to mend. Uh, we see it time and time again, right? With, with Israel in the Old Testament, what would happen? Man, they would go off and he would even, he even put it, you know, the book of Hosea, he even make, puts out that picture of they're committing adultery against me. But what did he always do? 
He always pursued the Go heart. Go and love her again. Yep, yeah, that's for it. Sure. Uh, all right, number three, and, and we will definitely get into, uh, if everyone's kind of wondering, uh, we're definitely going to get into what the Bible, as far as when the Bible permits adultery, when the Bible says adultery is a reasonable uh, option. Again, not as us being authority, but we're just going to point out what, what Scripture says from our perspectives. Eric and I haven't gotten together and shared our list or anything like that. Nope. Uh, I've often heard three specific reasons. I think there's four uh, personally, and but we'll we'll talk about that. I just I want to throw that out there so people aren't thinking, well, they're really trying to avoid it. Not <laughs> we'll oh, get no, there. Okay. Trust me, trust me. Uh, this third one I think is really important. It touches on stuff you've already said a little bit as well, but uh, you cannot make this decision for divorce in isolation. Mm. Wow. Yes, I, that I, I would say definitely you need, of course, biblical counsel uh, from God's word and you need godly counsel. Right. Because yeah. we know what the worldly counsel is going to tell you. And just hang it up and go find somebody new. So I would say if somebody's making that decision on whether to divorce or not, even if they have the biblical right or not, and they're making that decision on their own, I would say they're they're making a decision in error. Right. I believe. Bible teaches us uh, constantly to have biblical counsel. That's the reason, man, we see community so much in scripture because we need to do life together. That way we have those voices in our life because right. What, what happens a lot of times, especially in marriage, Travis, what happens? I mean, you know, this, right. What happens? A lot of emotion oh, yeah. comes in those moments. And when I make an emotional <laughs> decision, most of the time, I'm not going to make the best decision if I make that decision with my emotion, because oh, yeah. my, my emotions will lie to me. Oh, my, yeah. my emotions will lie to me. The devil will take that and make me see something. So, yes, making decisions in isolation on your own yeah. um, without good. Like I said, I, I want to state this again. Good biblical counsel don't go to your buddy at work that's had 10 divorces and he's out going getting drunk every friday night don't go ask him what he thinks about it because he's probably going to yeah. not give you the counsel that you need but seeking good biblical counsel yeah. but i believe a lot of people don't travis because they know what good biblical counsel is going to tell them yeah and yeah. i believe that's why a lot of people will make decisions like this on their own i uh, mean i've had it trust me i've had it they come up to me we're getting a divorce. What? Whoa, whoa, we have you have whoa. He's I done made up my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they know what I'm gonna say. Right. They know what I'm they know what I'm gonna because I'm gonna go right to the Bible. Uh, I had a guy a few months ago sitting there, sitting right here in this office with me. And I mean, it, it was sad. We yeah. walked through the scripture. I said, let's take my opinion out. Let's take your opinion. What does God's word say you should do? And he even agreed with me. He yeah. even agreed with me that God's word says this. I said, all right, let's just leave it at that because that's the only thing that matters. Right. And then he still made a decision to yeah. Yeah. go in the wrong direction. But and we'll we'll touch on that too. Yeah. Because uh, I, I did talk to you briefly when we were looking at this topic coming up. We talked about some potential guests and different things, and ultimately it settled on just being us two. But yeah. Um yeah, I obviously I have a lot of thoughts on on that as well. Just being a, a man of divorce, so yeah. we'll get into that. Uh, the the next statement, which I think is it ties in directly with isolation, but is also don't make a decision in haste, like you mm. just said. Like yeah. I've already decided. I haven't even talked to anybody. I've already decided. 
Um, I, I know where you're going to land on that one for sure as well, but uh, it's the same thing. Emotionally, we don't make good decisions and things we decide quickly. You know, I met with uh, my, my spiritual uh, brother, father, mentor, whatever you want to call him, Philip, uh, my dear friend, I referred to him all the time, met with him yesterday and we were processing a completely different topic and situation and uh, something that just occurred probably over the last week in my life. And I said, you know, I was thinking about maybe going and having this conversation this week. And and he said the very thing to me. He said, I want to caution you to not even have a conversation in haste, but yeah. wait on the spirit to speak to you and to guide you because we have this mentality of instantaneous in our culture, no matter what it is, even when it comes as men, especially to fixing things or making it, it's like, all right, I'm just going to do it, make a decision, do the cut and deal with the results and da, 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 slow down. But what, what comes to your mind when I say that? Yeah. I mean, same thing, right? Just that emotional based decision. Uh, I've kind of got a rule of thought that I use as a pastor, as a uh, man, when somebody brings something to me, especially if it's pretty heavy, I have a rule. I, I, I wait 24 hours uh, before I have a conversation about it, before I reach out to somebody about it, because I want to make sure that I have prayed about it. I have sought the Lord a little bit on it, and I'm not just in my reaction uh, because I have Mandy will tell you, uh, she's told me many times when she sees me walk out from the back room, uh, Sundays right before a gathering, she says, I can tell the Sundays if something has happened <laughs> mm -hmm. or if somebody has said something to you, she says, cause yeah. you, you wear your feelings on your sleeve. Uh, she says, so yeah. I can tell. So I'm, I'm a very reactional person. Uh, so I have to discipline myself. Uh, when something like that happens, even though I may be pissed or I may be angry, I may be sad, uh, that I'm going to give it 24 hours. I'm going to let my emotions settle Yeah, so good. that I can, so that I can try to make, you know, what's the Bible say, what's the spirit leading me to say, is he saying, shut up? Or is he saying, go have the conversation? Uh, yeah. but I, but I think, man, you know, it's one of those things, just like James has told us, right. To be, to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And, yeah. and I believe that comes in that is not being in haste on me, on my reaction, but let me yeah. really hear what somebody, cause there's many times Travis where somebody's told me something and the way I heard it wasn't the way that it really happened. But in my moment of hearing it, I was ready to go pop somebody up in the mouth. Mm. But when I really slowed down and understood <laughs> what was really going on, I was like, Oh, okay, boy, I'm glad I didn't go hit them in the mouth. Cause I'd have been in a whole heap of trouble there uh, for nothing. So uh, yeah. I, I really think that we, man, slow down. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially in your marriage. Yeah. Life altering decision. Yeah. Uh, the last statement I'll have, and then we'll we'll back it up and just kind of look at God's ideal for marriage, and then um, some of the some of the reasons why God allows for divorce. Uh, so we'll get into those two topics. But the last one, I think, is very. Uh, it, it can get really dicey. Is almost not the right word because typically when someone comes to us for counsel or advice myself having been one of those that went to someone um the emphasis is almost always on the person that has done the wrong or the person seeking the divorce right 
And here's what we know to be true in scripture. God is very clear in the roles, responsibilities, and expectations, both for men and women, husbands and wives in a marriage. Uh, I mean, he addresses everything from sex to communication to uh, behavior towards one another, as far as, uh, you know, respecting and loving each other, things of that nature. He's very clear in that. And so the last statement I got is uh, it's unfair, unjust, and unhealthy to make only one person in a marriage obey biblical commands. Because mm. <clears throat> I think sometimes we can approach this topic from, well, the command is don't divorce, but we kind of can stop short sometimes of looking at well, what's the total expectation here instead of just not that the one seeking the divorce doesn't have a massive glaring yeah. issue, but uh, I think, I think God's expectation is for us to look at both. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's got to be on both ends, right? It's um, you got to work on you. I, I got, I actually got to tell somebody that that this week in their marriage, that uh, some some things were going, you know, the way they shouldn't be, and I got to tell this party. I said, "Hey, you focus on you. You work mm -hmm. on making sure that you're doing what God is calling you to do." Um, like I said, whether the person's is the person in the wrong, or whether the person's the person that's not in the mm -hmm. wrong. <laughs> It's that covenant relationship with God that comes first, right? That that yeah. I need to be making sure I because what Travis, I'm sure you've had a, a plenty. I've had usually any marriage counseling you start off with, the first thing that happens is what we see right in the Garden of Eden is the blame game, right? It's always point the finger. Well, they did or they do or they don't. It's never look at me. It's always our first instinct is to always point the finger, mm -hmm. especially if somebody is in the wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of time, once again, we need to slow down. Let me look at me. Is there anything I can do better that the scripture is calling me to as a bride, that scripture is calling me to as a husband? Am I doing what Jesus calls me to do? Right. Because we know the scripture that's got taken out of context <laughs> so much, uh, you know, that wives submit yourselves to your husband. Mm -hmm. And there's so many men, old schoolers and, and still men today that Bible says you're to submit to me. Well, no, Sir, she don't have to submit to you unless you're doing what you're supposed to be doing on the front end, which is loving her like Christ loved the church. So, yes, it, it's yeah. both ends need to be obeying scripture. It needs to be working on because that's once again, another play of the enemy. It's their yeah. fault. It's their yeah. fault. It's their Absolutely. fault. And, you know, uh, a lot of the times there's a little blame on both ends. Now, and I'm not saying I don't want to hear me because I know somebody's going to, you know, that's, that's been through adultery or something like that, that man, that party, that's their own person, but you only control you. That's right. You only control you. And in those moments, how you react, uh, we should be hopefully seeking to honor Christ with our decisions uh, all throughout the decision-making process. When we're walking through things, especially as such as divorce that, we should be still trying to honor Christ with our decisions. Mistakes were made. They're in the, you know, the mistakes are made. If we're all there, a mistake's been made. And we know there's different, many reasons people seek yeah. divorce. Um, and we could get into that as well. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think both parties need to be seeking biblical. What, what should I be doing on the standards of God's word? in the situation that we're in now, where we're at right now, I can't change yeah, yesterday, yeah. Yeah. but where am I at with Christ to make sure that I'm following him through the next day, weeks and months ahead. Good. 
Good stuff. So I want to encourage everyone that's listening or if you're watching uh, the podcast via YouTube, um, keep these principles in mind. I, I think they're, I think they're biblical. I think I would argue that I could take you to scriptures, but keep what we just said in mind, right? That don't rush a decision. Don't make one in isolation. Even if it's justified, doesn't mean you have to get divorced. Um, there's work most likely needing to be done on both sides of the equation in a marriage. Uh, all of these different things that we talked about, uh, just keep that in the back of your mind as Eric and I continue the conversation. And uh, I think they'll serve you well to have a good filter for, for what you hear. So what I thought would be a good jumping off point uh, for our first topic is really looking at uh, the notion, and I think we would both readily agree on it. You've already referred to Genesis 2, Genesis 2.24 specifically is uh, that that primary verse, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. Um, some translations say shall cleave to his wife. It's one of those yeah. words we don't really use cleave, <laughs> yeah. uh, literally meaning to be joined to, to be connected, to be bonded uh, permanently. Um, Christ goes on and explains that as two becoming one. So there's a merging that takes place and the fusion that I think you see in different passages is the Holy spirit. And so it is a very sacred thing. It is a very, um, rich covenant that you're entering into in marriage. And so starting with the statement that, that divorce goes against God's plan it goes against God's design and it goes against his intent for marriage, if nothing else, just based on that initial verse. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? As I, I just kind of lay that out there, I think we both agree on that. I, I hope if you're a follower of Christ, whether you're divorced, been divorced, considering divorce, whatever, you can at least acknowledge up front that it goes against God's heart and what God wants and desires. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. And, and guys, one of the reasons that we cover a topic like this is I seen this statistic from Barna Group, Travis, about divorce. It says among Americans, among, among adults who have been married, the study divorce that one third, 33 percent of anybody that's been married have experienced at least one divorce. Thirty three percent, one third of everybody that's ever been married has experienced at least one divorce uh, that means among all americans that's 18 years of age or older whether they've been married or not listen to this 25 percent have gone through a marital split so why would we even want to cover this topic number one god has something to say about it but number two it is a big issue and i would say man there's probably this percentage 33 percent of the men that's listening to this that you've experienced it and if you have not uh Man, this is what the devil, he's after our marriages, he's after our homes. But to go back to, to the question on, yes, what does God say about it? In Genesis, we know we see that, but then Jesus, as you alluded to, Matthew 19, this is what he said. They're coming to him, right? They're trying to trap him, but they're coming to him with the question, well, is divorce okay? It's pretty much what they ask him. So is it okay for us to, to give a divorce? Moses said we could have a divorce. And this is what Jesus replied to him in Matthew 19, four, you can write that down. So you can go look at it for yourself. Jesus said, haven't, haven't you read that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. 
So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they ask him, did Moses command us to give divorce papers or send her away? He told them, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts. But it was not like that from the beginning. I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Man, Jesus just just nails it home. I, I believe he shows the heart of God that, man, he says, it's because of the hardness of your hearts that Moses went that route. He said, but that's right there. Jesus said, it. but from the beginning, that's not the purpose. That's not the intent. The intent was one man, <clears throat> one woman until death. Yeah. One man, woman. That was God's intent because it, it is, it's that beautiful picture, Travis, of today. You study the new Testament of uh, Jesus and the bride of Christ is that beautiful picture of that oneness that I love the way Jesus said it, who God has put together, let no one separate because listen, he didn't say to let, don't let God separate because God does not want that separation between a husband and wife. He says, let no one separate. So that means the enemy, another man, another woman. And it's the beautiful picture that man, when we become one, that's that covenant, right? It's not a contract. It's not, uh, let me get my prenup ready and all this kind of thing, man. Uh, because to me, uh, prenups, man, it's <laughs> just saying, hey, whenever this thing goes downhill, I'm just making sure I still get what's mine. But uh, that's going into with the kind of a wrong thing. But I think we see in Genesis 1, the, the God's intent for marriage is to have that one, is to have that beautiful, right? Uh, and our culture's done, we, we've talked about this before, culture's done a, a, <laughs> they've done a wonderful job on the world's aspect of taking sex, which was meant to be in that covenant marriage and just using it broadly to, to <sighs> my opinion, one of the number one killers of marriages today is that sex route, is the pornography, is the, and just pay. Hey, you're not happy there that make you happy over here. Mm -hmm. And, and it totally goes against God's purpose of marriage. We see it in scripture, one man, one woman for life. Yeah. That, that is God's intentional purpose. That's the biblical purpose of marriage. The biblical mandate of that marriage is in that covenant relationship where two become one yeah. in the sight of God In God's sight, they are now one and therefore they should not be separated. Yeah, that's that's all. I, I agree with all that. I think that's God's ideal. I, I don't think we should miss that at all. I think a lot of divorces and separations could be avoided if issues that came up. You just mentioned sexuality. That's probably one of the biggest ones for yeah. men. Uh, <clears throat> but if, if issues of intimacy, communication, whatever would come up to a point to where couples would go to their pastor, go to their elder go to some wise couples in their church and say, Hey, we need to work through this. We're having an issue and uh, we need to have a biblical understanding of what God expects and get some healing maybe in this area. If something's going on, there's those type of conversations rarely happen. There's not a lot of trust. Um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of 
honesty. And, and I've yeah. seen, sadly, I, I've seen a lot of ministers abuse those type of conversations. Uh, you talked about the love and respect and, and stuff earlier and submission. And I've seen, you know, ministers fall on the wrong side of those arguments many times of telling someone, Hey, you're supposed to do this, or you're supposed to do that. Uh, I often tell people in their premarital counseling, like when you can follow the biblical mandate, even in the areas, let's just take sexuality. First Corinthians seven is one of the most clearest passages i think on a sexuality within a marriage relationship and yeah if if we could just learn to seek intimacy with one another and that uh, husbands shouldn't demand it of their wives and wives shouldn't withhold it from their husbands or vice versa that in and of itself to have someone sit and biblically counsel you and walk through why that happens or doesn't happen would help and save so many marriages but Really, most men aren't comfortable even having the conversations with their wives, whether it be yeah. rejection, shame, whatever it might be, much less saying, let's bring someone else in outside the marriage to talk about it. But regardless of all these things I'm talking about, what, what I want to land on most important is, first and foremost, we have to understand God's intent, his ideal is one woman, one wife for life. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't change. It's just like God's expectation for us to be righteous uh, and to be holy. Uh, that standard doesn't change just because we uh, blow that or we we don't strive to live that. It doesn't somehow lessen his standard or lessen the consequences for when we don't fulfill that. And take it from someone, again, that has been divorced. Uh, there are some massive consequences that come with it. Mm. Uh, rarely, rarely, if ever. Does a divorce occur and it's just life is sunshine and roses afterwards. There's almost yeah. always consequences and some of them linger for a lifetime. So um, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I also want to keep us moving because I don't want to get bogged down too much. Is there anything else on this top, this, this main point that you kind of want to throw out or, or share yeah. or. I, I would say just real briefly, man, something you said in there, Travis, communication is key. Uh, once again, what happens, you get frustrated at something and you isolate, you won't talk it through with your bride. Are those some hard conversations at the beginning? Yeah. But man, once you start having that open communication and understand it, I I'm going to allude to a book for the third podcast in a row. Uh, the third podcast <laughs> in a row, this book has been mentioned. Uh, love and respect, love and respect. Uh, Travis mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Scott mentioned it last week, and I'm going to mention it this week. Uh, man, if you haven't, if you haven't read that book, go read it. Go read that book. Uh, for the guys, maybe it's listening that's not married, and you don't even know why you're made it this far into this podcast. <laughs> hey, one thing Travis said again, uh, man, highly encourage, highly encourage some good biblical premarital counseling before you do uh, to have these hard conversations in the in the front to hopefully open up that communication. But uh, yeah. communication, guys, don't be afraid to communicate. And you know, and if your bride is willing, and if you know you're struggling. Go seek biblical counsel. Um, man, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not the best counselor in the world, but I promise my people, man, if you'll come to me, if I can't help you, I will at least point you in the direction and we'll find you um, some help, some good biblical counsel to help you in your marriage. Yeah. So so go seek it if you're needing. Yeah. Don't just keep 
walking around like the Israelites in the desert for 40 years, expecting something to happen. Remember what happened? That generation died. Uh, yeah. Death comes from wandering around in the in the desert. So uh, yeah. that, that'd be, but I, I know we got a lot more to cover. Oh, that's so, good uh, though. That's yeah. really, really good. And, it, and reiterating, it's not easy. Communication is not easy. There yeah. are times I know starting the conversation is pulling the pin on a hand grenade. Yeah. I know it. I know without a doubt, as soon as I say something, this is going to explode. Um, but it's not about avoiding pain. It's not about avoiding critical feedback or an, an argument even. Uh, it's getting the conversation started sometimes. And, and not that you should intentionally cause a situation to blow up. Not yeah. saying that, but um, it, it's worth it's worth the payoff in the end of saying, you know what, I had to start somewhere. So yeah, communication, big. I want to move into, um, I have in my mind, so I don't want to be unfair by taking all the right answers first. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to know from your perspective, and again, Eric and I, this is something you'll learn from us. We we don't have to agree on everything. uh, And we, we may, we may not on this point. We haven't talked. So I'm curious where we will land, but what do you see um, and, and I want to give a little caveat and then let you answer, but okay. what do you see as the biblical allowances for divorce when God permits divorce? And let me just say this, because this is kind of where I want to land my side of the ship anyway, towards the end of our, our conversation today is regardless if it's a biblical justification and you're the one that either pursued it, or maybe you're an innocent party and your spouse, your wife or whatever pursued divorce against you. Uh, how you come out on the other side of that matters tremendously. Yeah. Uh, how you're seen by God and how you're seen by the church matters. And, and I want to talk about that probably just because of my own firsthand experiences. And I've talked a little bit with Eric about it, but just how we view people that have been divorced, uh, again, whether justifiably or not. I do want to spend some time talking about that because I think that's that's a real big area that does not get talked about at all. I, I've never heard a pastor preach about it or talk about it in 49 years of being around church stuff. So with that being said, um, again, remember the principles we said earlier. We're not looking for reasons, but yeah. I do want to address for those that are hurting, those that have gone through stuff, uh, what are, from your perspective, Eric, biblical allowances for divorce? Okay. So I know at the beginning, I mean, I know there's a lot out there, but I think just biblically, right? That's where we always want to land here. We want to land on what the Bible says, not what I think or not what my opinion is. I have my opinions and my thoughts on some things, but biblically, now I want you to hear me to get go. I believe there's two biblical uh, means for divorce that that gives. Now I will say that because I know there's some other ones I believe. And like I said, I don't even know where Travis is going. I think I know he said he's got four, but I believe the other two that Travis is more likely going to talk about, in my opinion, they would fall under one of these categories. They would fall under the umbrella. So I'm saying that, like I said, I don't even know what to, I think I know where he's going, but, uh, but I, my personally, I would fall him under. So number one, of course, is adultery. That is plain, as I mean, like I said, this is what the Bible says, Matthew 19, 9. I read this the whole text a while ago, but Jesus said, I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So biblically, number one, a biblical reason is because there has been sexual immorality. There has been um, adultery that has been committed outside of the marriage covenant. 
that would be permissible by biblical standards for someone to pursue a divorce. Once again, we want to caveat, fight for your marriage. Don't be looking for an out. Uh, fight for your marriage. And number two, biblically, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Travis alluded to chapter 7 a while ago, a lot of good stuff on marriage in there, but it also says this. So number one is adultery. Number two is abandonment, uh, where scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians seven fifteen. but if an unbeliever leaves, let him leave. A brother or sister is not bound in such cases. God has called you to live in peace. So just biblically, from biblical standards, those are two cases that I've seen in Scripture where God's Word says in these cases, it is okay to seek divorce. It is okay to seek to break from that covenant relationship of that oneness with a husband and a wife, adultery and abandonment. So those would be my two that, like I said, coming from God's word, I've got my, like I said, I've got my opinion on some other things that I think would fall under some categories, but I'm not, unless we want to go share my opinion, I'll share my opinion, but I, I want to, right now, I just want to stick on the two that I see in God's word that I know that I can stand on God's word and say in those two situations that you would be in a biblical right to yeah. pursue divorce <laughs> if one of those two things have happened. Yeah. And, and that's, I agree with both of those. Obviously you can't, if, if you disagree, you're disagreeing with scripture. <laughs> <clears throat> so we'll, we'll start there. I agree with both of those. I will throw in this caveat, which I think is an intriguing thought, but you can nuance it too much to where you're looking for justification yeah. on the, the adultery question, because Jesus, as we know, raises the standard. If you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. But when you look deeper at the Greek and what he's talking about there in, in the use of this word of adultery, he's, he's literally that sexual immorality of acting upon yeah. that lust. Yeah. Um, so while they are equated, I think you can nuance that a little too much. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to address possible somebody out there saying, oh, yeah, well, what about this? So everybody's committed adultery, therefore everyone's justified. Yeah. Don't get crazy. Okay. Use your yeah. head. God gave it to you for what a reason. Don't well, be dumb. Once again, <laughs> once again, what would they be doing? They're looking for an out. Or an out, right. They're looking for an so out. So that has come back to that standard, like we said. So three and four, mm -hmm. uh, three is really a no-brainer. No one's going to argue about three. And it's not really one of those we look at as divorce. But it's it's. I do know some people that have avoided uh, remarrying because they view it as divorce. And that's in the case of a, a spouse dying. Um my parents have very strong opinions on what they would do, and, and I won't get into that as far as spouses dying and not dying on, on their personal side of things. But I, Romans 7-2, a great, very clear passage that you're not bound by that same covenant if a spouse yeah. dies. You're free from that commitment of love to, to marry another. Um, I think there's another one in 1 Corinthians. I'm not 100% sure on the reference there. I, I want to say it might be chapter 7 again. Like you said, yeah. there's a lot in there on marriage. But where uh, Paul lays out again, you're not bound to that husband yeah. uh, if he's no longer living or or the husband to the wife. And if you're wrestling with that, if you're an older gentleman, and, and we have men from all walks of life that listen, I just want you to know if you, if that is a struggle, I think biblically you're free yeah. to seek love, to seek marriage again. That's not adultery. That's not your cheating on your your first covenant, your first wife. Um, I think I think scripture is pretty clear on that one. Yeah. Um, but again, that um, 
you could even argue that could fall under abandonment because you didn't choose to be abandoned by your spouse. Yeah. But, but under I, that I umbrella think, you're talking on. Yeah, I, I think Travis, I, I've never honestly, I've never even put that under the divorce topic, right? Yeah. I, I've always looked at the view of scripture and even man in the old school churches I was raised in, which you know were hard on divorce and we'll we do a whole podcast on that but yep. but even even those were teachings that man if death comes right and most people's vows that they make that they make one another it's until death do us part that is that man when death comes that covenant is you know then you're no longer bound to that covenant because of death so uh yeah, yeah I, I would wholeheartedly agree like yeah. i said i wouldn't even look at it as a divorce topic that's just man if that has happened in your relationship, I feel like biblically that man, you are free from that covenant to, yeah. to seek love and, and to move forward from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I also, so we get to this last one and you can, you can disagree with me if you're listening or whatever. Uh, I, I think there's room in the text for this. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not going to die on this point. It's not a hard doctrine for me. Um, and, and some of these are easier to get into. The more you start getting into the, the deeper uh, exceptions, if you will, for divorce or whatever, the harder it is to really wade through some of it. So like you said, with adultery, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Uh, death, that's a no-brainer, black and white, obvious. Uh, abandonment, that can, be, that can be a little fluid, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder to determine what does abandonment look like. Uh, we're not told in scripture. So the Holy spirit, wise counsel shouldn't be the thing you're, you're looking for now. All of these things we've talked yeah. about. I think this fourth one is probably one of the hardest ones to navigate. And, and Jesus addresses it. He doesn't say that it's, it's no longer the case. You refer to it in Matthew. I'll read the text. Uh, I have it pulled up out of Mark. It's the same situation, same story, Mark 10, five through nine. They said Moses allowed for a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this command. But from the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. Therefore, he shall leave and cleave. <coughs> Excuse me. And what therefore God is joined together, let no man separate. Um, I I believe there's there was uh, some type of, of an allowment here for hardness of heart, even though that was not God's intent. God takes the answer from how I read this back to that's not how it's supposed to be. Yes, there was an allowance made for divorce because of your hard hearts. Um, and hard hearts begins to be very broad in what that looks like. And this is why I bring this up. Uh, I've been asked the question a lot of times, well, what's your opinion about someone that's being abused? Are they biblically um, required to stay in a marriage. Uh, my older sister, who I love to death, one of one of my closest uh, friends even on the planet, uh, has been divorced. In her first marriage, the guy was not just emotionally, extremely emotionally abusive, but very physical abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, black eyes, cut lips, I mean, you name it. Um, and many times, uh, even taking her back to my dad's house, I remember as a little boy, leaving her on the doorstep with suitcases. And because I was born in a Christian environment that was just completely structured around independent fundamentalism, absolute, absolute legalism, um, 
it was there are no no reasons. You're going to go back and you're going to stay with him. You married her. You keep her. That's your situation now. The devastation that took on my sister was just unreal. Ultimately, it led to several suicide attempts, just broken, broken things. And so from our humanity alone, we can look at that and say that that's a problem. But scripture doesn't give us a black and white verse either that says if your husband or your wife is being abusive towards you, uh, you're allowed to get a divorce, right? It doesn't say that. But uh, I believe there's justification principally, whether you're looking at the hardness of a heart, in this case of, of a husband that's refusing to honor his marriage vows, refusing to love his bride the way Christ loved the church, uh, refusing to uh, pursue her in, in love and intimacy and compassion and serving and kind, all of these things, and just has this sinful, wicked, bitter heart. Um, I think that for me, that would fall under that clause of a hardness of a heart. Um, and again, it can be a broad thing that anyone can take and abuse and misinterpret and everything else. But when when I look at scripture, when I look at what God expects out of, out of his children and out of his followers, uh, the reasons he does allow for divorce, uh, you know, abandonment, adultery, other, the, uh, these other things, um, I settle myself in my heart that that would be uh, a reason why God would permit it. Um, it's not black and white. Like I said, it gets a lot harder to really drive a stake in the ground and say, yes, this is the reason why, which is why I brought us back to those first five concepts we talked about. Um, Because that should be like worst case scenario stuff that you have to wrestle through. Uh, That shouldn't be, well, she said a mean thing to me when I came home from work. So she's mentally and emotionally abusive and I can't deal with it. So, you know, hardness of heart, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. so let me let me pull back. I've dropped my my four most most of the three that I did say were full agreement. I don't know where you fall in the hardness of heart if that if you view that was against God's commands and Moses just made an exception outside of God's you know uh, allowance or what. But uh, what do you think? You you heard me me talk. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I will. Um, I'll say you made you made my blood boil a little bit. Uh, not because of your stance, just hearing what your sister went through, yeah. uh, because, um, I'll, I'll just stop and say this, sir, if you're touching your wife physically, uh, in an abusive way, freaking man up, stop it. Yeah. Um, and watch your words as well. But anyway, uh, that, that's, just, that's one of the ones you, but anyway, that, that just, man, that, that just pisses yeah. me off. I believe that this is one of those where Eric said, Umbra, I, I figured just abuse was going to be one. I believe this is, like I said, once again, Eric's opinion, okay? Uh, I've never looked at it from the hardness of heart, but a very, very good take where you could take that. Because, listen, our, our heart is, guys, we don't want to give you outs, right? We don't want you to be able, like Travis said, for you to take something and you stretch it out and make it meet where you need it to meet. But I believe, in my opinion, that abuse would fall under that abandonment. Yeah. Because if – if someone is abusing abusing you physically or mentally, then they've abandoned the Christ likeness that they are supposed to be treating you with. And my, like I said, this is Eric, and I'm hoping I'm not twisting. I'm I'm not here to try to twist scripture, but I believe abuse would fall under that because what are they doing? They're acting like a freaking unbeliever. Uh, if they're treating someone in that way, if they're physically or mentally abusing, and I believe. 
I believe scripturally, if that is the case, like I said, fight for it. If there's a chance to make it right, if there's a chance and they're willing to get help and, and try to walk through it, try to walk through it. But um, if it's a continual thing and you've tried and you fought and you've asked them to get help and and it's there, I believe biblically you could fall it under the hardness of heart as Travis talked about because we don't know there's no black and white there. But I believe that, man, in Eric's opinion, I believe that could fall under the abandonment because they're acting yeah. like an unbeliever. They're not treating you in the way that Christ has called them to treat. And then, you know, they've left you spiritually. They, they've yeah. left. They've abandoned you. They're not especially, you know, for, for the ladies that's listening, maybe listen to the I know we have some ladies that lead that, man, they've abandoned you. And if you've tried everything your way, you don't, don't continue to stay there. Just because someone told you one, at one point, like I said, I was raised the exact same thing as Travis. You know, no, once that's once that covenant's there, there's no out. Uh, you you stay and you suck it up and you just live through it. Uh, but 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 I would agree on that, Travis. I, I think that abuse that there there comes a point in that in that abusive relationship where because listen, we're children of God. Do you think God wants to sit there and watch His children? be constantly abused, whether it's mentally or physically? Yep. No. Yep. That that would not be a good father to sit there and, and to say, no, you keep staying in that. You keep staying in that. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. No. Right. I, 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 can't, I can't see that our living God would be that <clears throat> in yep. that situation. So I, I think I, I, I would agree with you. Like I said, where it falls under script. That's why I said that. That's why at the beginning I said, I got to go what the Bible says first. Now, Eric's opinion, I think abuse would fall into under one of those categories. Um, not to give anybody an out because once again, yep. just like, just like we said, Travis, you know, well, Jesus said you committed adultery in your mind, you've done it. So we're all available or, you know, like you right. said, somebody can take it where, oh, she said that mean thing to me. She degraded me today, so therefore I have a right. No, no. If you're doing that, you're looking for an out. Yeah. But I would definitely go back to the getting good biblical counsel, get wise counsel, talk to somebody, and let them walk with you through it uh, yeah. to make sure that, you know, that you are in the right grounds. Because the last thing we any of us want to be, right, is not to be in the right standing with God because – uh, we're not seeking what does the Bible truly say about the situation that I'm in and where does God want to leave me um, yeah. in this situation. That's good. Um, so obviously you can add anything you want to add. Where where my notes take me, what I want to kind of wrap up talking about, because I know we're getting close to our time this morning, yeah. is a perception, how we perceive ourselves, how the church perceives us having been divorced uh, or finishing up a divorce, whatever that might be. Uh, one of the things I, I did share with Eric a few weeks back, again, as we were talking about the topic coming up, um, is it's not as bad as when I was growing up because fundamental fundamentalism is just dying down and dying off and it's it's killed itself, essentially. But there still is a, uh, just an intense stigma attached with the notion that someone has been divorced. It, 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 for me, from my perspective, it's the scarlet letter of our day. Instead of an mm -hmm. A, it's a D. Uh, I remember as a kid, literally, you couldn't really do anything in church if you had been divorced. Uh, it, yeah. it, would, it would cause a stir just to even have you teach a, a Sunday school class or 
uh, get up and pray before. And I, well, we don't want him getting up and praying, leading the church in prayer. He's been divorced, et cetera. Um, certainly, you're never going to be qualified to preach again. Uh, you're tarnished. Uh, you're treated almost as a leper. And you have yeah. to almost be divorced to fully appreciate the weight of what I'm talking about. Um, you you can literally feel uh, disgust dripping from people sometimes. And it's a very, very, it's, I think it's part of the consequence of going through a divorce, but it's unfairly added to when we as the church pour that on people. And I wanted to to use as my talking point anyway, a verse that I think has been taken out of context, misinterpreted, mistranslated, and used to beat people up with. And it's uh, Malachi 2.16, God hates divorce. Um, for 1,600 years before the King James came along, that, that verse was never translated <laughs> as God hates divorce. That's right. We're going to get into some Bible lessons. As someone that has been divorced, believe me, I have read every verse, every book. I wanted to know that God still loved me. I want to know I still had purpose, still had value. And how could I not land on Malachi 2.16? Because what I hear from everyone is, well, God hates divorce. God hates divorce. Well, prior to King James and his version, his translation, it was never translated that that way. And if you, in fact, read the chapter as a whole, if you look at the context, it would never read that way. Uh, it, it, it doesn't even make sense to read it that way. Um, the statement about divorce would actually be more accurately read uh, a husband, he that hates his wife uh, and divorces her, would actually be more literate. And, and we're not just talking you know, well, you're twisting the text or whatever. We're, we're talking the Septuagint, the Latin Vulgate, uh, the Masoretic text, the Wycliffe Bible, the Bishop's Bible, Geneva Bible, all these Bibles that existed, the great reformers of our day, all of them did not translate Malachi 2.16 to read God hates divorce. Um, and the reason that matters so much is the church notoriously, your followers of Christ notoriously, We'll pick a phrase or pick a verse, and that becomes the weapon we use to either wield against people or to put people in a box to where we don't have to deal with the issue. We don't have to wrestle through the, the pain and the details and the circumstances, and we can just kind of manage a situation because this verse says this, and so I'm good to go. Um, the reality is that... Um, Divorce carries with it a, a tremendous burden of guilt, uh, a stigma of I've blown it, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough. It causes deep wounds. I do believe um, <clears throat> on, on the surface, I would tell you, I don't think Christ loves divorce. I don't think Jesus is a fan of divorce. Uh, so don't hear me wrong when I say that verse doesn't say God hates divorce. I, I don't think God likes divorce because divorce hurts his beloved. I don't think God doesn't like divorce because marriage, the bond, Eric, you mentioned it, it typifies his relationship with us. God would never willfully choose to divorce us just because of our failures, our faults, our adultery, whatever else it might be. Um, and so when we willfully chase after divorces and we're looking for outs and all these other things, it cheapens to the world God's relationship and God's love of us. But this notion that somehow if you've been divorced, if you've committed 
this act that you can't be forgiven. Uh, well, maybe you can be forgiven, but you can't be restored. Okay, maybe you can be restored, but you can't be used. You can't have a calling on your life. You can't live out of the, the gifts, the talents, and the abilities the Holy Spirit gives you, et cetera, et cetera. That does not fit with Scripture anywhere. Uh, nowhere yeah. do I see in Scripture where God says, well, if you've committed this sin and you've taken the steps to seek restoration, repentance, you've gone through all of this stuff that somehow you're still not going to be any use for the kingdom of God. And I've, I, I, I mean, I'm ready. I could go on for two hours and Eric, you already know this with me, but about qualifications of an elder and yeah. whether or not you should do that or not. If you want to reach out to me privately and have that conversation, let's do that. I'm not looking to do that in this podcast or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I will just say, I think it's funny. I've never seen a pastor removed for not ruling his family. Well, uh, but that's all I'll say on that. Point. Uh, but there's a lot more I could say. Anyway, that being said, I want you to hear this from me. And then Eric, jump in. Correct me if you feel I need to be corrected. Add to whatever. Uh, I'm willing to listen. I, I want the conversation to continue. But I do want to say this. If you've been through divorce uh, or going through one and there's just it's all but finalized or whatever else, I want you to know that you are still not just valuable, but just as valuable as you were before. Um, Jesus didn't love you and die on a cross for you uh, because you weren't going to make mistakes. You weren't going to sin and you were going to figure it all out and do everything the right way. Thank God he didn't die on a cross first for that reason, or we would all be lost. Uh, he loved you because he willfully chose to do so. And that doesn't change because you miss the mark because you sin, you fail, uh, whatever else it might be. I will say, I do think uh, restoration as well as um, seeking forgiveness, seeking to make amends, doing all that you can to make it right is absolutely important as well. Um, because it's not just your character at stake, it's the character of Christ. Yeah. But that being said, I, I don't think that it's a sin per se that you just can't come back from. I don't think that fits yeah. with scripture anywhere. So you are loved, you have value, you have worth, and you are needed in the kingdom yeah. of God. And that's yeah. that's what I wanted to throw out. What are your thoughts? I just yeah. dumped a lot. I, I want you to kind of wrap us up with your feelings and thoughts on it all, and then I'll close this and we'll get on. Yeah, I almost said, man, let's just to be continued to have a part two and we go into that topic because we could talk an hour about, <laughs> you know, because because I mean, it is something that in the church. And this is just what I believe. Right. The church is always going to have its whipping its whipping boy. Right. It's, it's gonna, for a long time. It was divorce. And then they got away from divorce, moved to the homosexual homosexuals. And, and so there's I think there's always going to be that that one. The church likes to jump on. Uh, but I, this is what I know. And man, so many people will say that God hates divorce or they'll say God hates the homosexual that, you mm -hmm. know, that's what they'll jump on. Let me, let me tell you what God hates. God hates sin. Yeah. God hates sin because he knows what it does to his creation. Uh, you could even go, you know, if people want to go to Malachi and really jump on divorce. Well, why don't they go back to Proverbs chapter six, where it says in verses 16 through 19, the Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run towards evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among the brothers. Uh, it says right there in scripture that God hates those things. They're detestable to him. Uh, so, my question would be to somebody that says that somebody's went through divorce. Could 
never be used in the kingdom of God, can, can never do this or that. Man, where's the grace and the mercy of God in that? Yeah. Where, where's first first John 1, 9? This, this is what I know. Now, I want you to hear me. Now, if you're here and you're listening and you've went through a divorce or you're going through a divorce and, and there's no way to, you know, reconcile it, listen, if you truly get to a heart, and, and I man, Travis could probably, there's parts in our Men of Valor teachings where Travis has shared some of his story, but you do have to go through that time of healing, that time of true repentance, that time of getting right back in the right place with God um, through all of that. But it says this in first John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The last time I looked up the word all, it meant all, it meant everything. So this is what I'd say. If that's you, sir, and you've been through it and you truly in your heart have got on your face before God and you've laid it out for him and you've asked him to forgive you and he has, then just like Travis says, you still have purpose. You still have reason. You want to know where I stand on? I'll tell you, you know, who's preached in my church before that guy sitting right there on that camera. You see, mm-hmm. he's preached that he's preached in my church many times because I truly believe that man, what he went through that I've seen evidence in his life where he has got, himself through that he has asked god to forgive him from his mistakes and past failures uh because listen if we're going to say something disqualifies us from being used in the kingdom of god then we're all disqualified because god hates sin yeah sin is the disqualifier not the type of sin even though we like that right because i can point once again i can point somebody else's sin and say well i'm not as bad as they are but that's not where my qualification stand. My qualification standard on my sin is Jesus. Yeah. It's not on anybody else or what anybody else says about a sin, but God hates sin. So uh, like I said, man, I almost even wanted us to tell us to say, Hey, let's just, let's just pause and we'll push Jordan Randall back next week and say, we're taking next week and go on part <laughs> two on this to, to really jump into that. Because I think there's a lot that, that, and maybe we come later on down the road and we can yeah. dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, because for so many so many years we've seen, man, if you get divorced, you can't be used no more. God, God has no use for you. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm going to help somebody right here. You want to know when God no longer has a use for you? I'm going to help somebody when God no longer has a use for you and He's done using you. You won't be breathing anymore. Okay. So uh, <laughs> if you're still breathing, you still have purpose. You still have a cause for Christ. And he still has uh, something for you to do. And it may even be that God uses uh, your hurt and what you had to walk through to maybe help another brother uh, that's walking through something very similar. So uh, you are valuable and uh, God loves you. That's good. God loves you. That's good. Um, So I want to end with this. I wish we had more time, but we're we're already on it. Um, Yeah. Again, this is not meant to cover every issue, every nuance, as Eric said. I mean, we could probably have a whole month just on this topic. <clears throat> and um, I hope you don't take it as that. Well, they didn't talk about this. So, you know, I, I've got questions. You can always reach out to either of us. You yeah. can reach out to other men. And that's the beauty of of the community is to to say, hey, can I talk to you about something? I'm, I'm going through this. Uh, a brother's going through this, my father, my son, whatever. Uh, and I'm not really sure. Again, I may not have the answer. Eric may not have the answer. We're willing to listen. We're willing to 
maybe point you towards some some places that might be more knowledgeable than us. But uh, we're just glad you gave us some time. And hopefully, you're if you're still listening, you made it through the whole podcast. So that's pretty awesome, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think me and you are fixing to record the longest ever been about our podcast. I believe we we're gonna we're gonna hold that title. Suck it uh, for for today. <laughs> so uh, so hey guys, but uh, thank you so much, just Travis said for joining us. Hey, here in just a second, we're gonna be doing our pastor giveaway. Uh, we had that wonderful donation, and we've given away three already, and we've got a few more. We had a total of 11 that were giving away registrations to Men of Valor Conference 2024. So we're going to do that here in just a second, but just a couple quick reminders. Uh, don't forget about Men of Valor Conference 2024. Man, conference, we're in full swing planning. We're planning on having an executive team meeting here over the next week and talk about some things. But uh, some exciting announcements be coming up in the months ahead. Of course, we're dropping content from our 2023 conference every Tuesday. So uh, make sure you're following our YouTube channel. You can find all that there. Our Man Up Monday playbacks are all over there. And uh, then, of course, if you'd like to register your pastor for a chance to win one of these 11, we'll be giving them away uh, through the end of this year. So if you would like to do that, I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching the podcast, we'll have a, a link that you can just click right here in the show notes and go get your pastor registered for a chance to win. So uh, you can check out everything at Men of Valor uh, at our website at movministries.org. Don't forget, uh, we've got a free marriage conference coming up. So get signed up for that if you're close by. If you can drive down, we'd love to have you. We know we got some guys coming down from Virginia coming. Uh, we've got a couple coming from Nevada that's coming out. Uh, <laughs> and we got uh, we got one that's coming right up there around for Travis from uh, Anderson, South Carolina, that's registered to come down as well. So, uh, And then, of course, a lot of our local folks here. So it's open for anybody. It's free. And the way we're making it free is having our gun raffle. Uh, so you can buy gun raffle tickets as well. Get you one of those. Go look at them. There's some, uh, there's some pretty, good, pretty good guns out there that I, I wouldn't be mad if I won all of them so uh but uh, but go check that out we'd love for you to be a part so let me really quick before we close out let's go ahead i got my list here i got my random selector here so we're gonna hit this generate button and we are all right number 10 number 10 is andy wing from new point community church in dover ohio uh richard Poole uh put him in so richard Man, let Pastor Andy know that he has won the registration to come be part of Men of Valor Conference 2024. Like I said, that covers that gets him a free T-shirt and gets his uh, Men of Valor ticket to get in. Of course, he can get with Ridgecrest to book a room and meal plans there. But uh, we hope to see Richard and uh, Pastor Andy next year at the conference. So uh, just a quick reminder, three other pastors that's won so far, Brian Rockwell, Ruben Gonzalez, and Ryan Slavens are the other three pastors that's won. So we still got a few more to give away in the weeks to come. So like I said, hit that link and send them in. So uh, Travis, anything else? No, nah, it's always you? good to see you, brother. Thanks, everyone, good. for joining Good to, you, good to see you, brother. Uh, man, thank you so much. Once again, hey, if you know somebody this could be a help to, feel free to hit that share button. Um, and we just hope that you were encouraged today. And just know that uh, we love you. God loves you. Hey, keep fighting. Win today. And as always, go light it up for the king. God bless, men. We'll see you soon. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and that you will continue to join us on this journey to make disciples of men. Be sure to check out our social media outlets as well as movministries.org for any information and be sure to join our digital men's community.
Hey guys, we wanted to let you know that Men of Valor podcast is proud to partner and be a part of the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast Network. You can find their podcast and many other great podcasts by going to rfpnetwork.org. We would love for you to go and check them out as well. Hey, keep fighting, win today, and as always, go light it up for the king.